Now introducing the Minor Wisdom Trio! Minor Wisdom! I am still asleep, but I come to you in the darkness of the night. Actually, it's the darkness of the morning. Early morning, Saturday as I record this. This week I've got Tim Doyle. Timothy Doyle. Tim Othi. Uh, that's how they said it in that Kia Peel thing. I think it was Tim Othi. Um, but I've got Tim Doyle on. And uh, uh, although I'm not going to sound like it at all in this intro, I was very excited to have him on. Uh, I don't sound excited right now because I'm like, very, very tired. Uh, which I should not complain about because it is UIL season and I'm sure there are much more tired folk listening to this, but uh, I can explain. Uh, I was contest manager for a contest just a couple hours ago in Dallas ISD. Um, And because my sister decided to schedule my niece's birthday party at 9 a.m. this Saturday morning, um, I had to be home for that. So the contest concluded uh, around nine-ish, a little after nine, and so I drove home. And uh, here I am. You know, it's not that long of a drive, especially because I live in North Houston. It's not the absolute worst. And I tell myself as a wrestling fan, uh, you know, th- these wrestlers would end shows at like 10, 11 o'clock at night and then drive four or five hours to the next town back in the day. And some of them still do that. Um, so I'm just living the, the dream of being a wrestler. That's right. I'm living that wrestler lifestyle. And, uh, yeah, so here I am, but I'm tired now. So I'm going to record this for you guys again, for Tim Doyle, uh, the man, which is funny. Cause I was just up in his hood. Uh, he's not in Dallas ISD. He's not in Dallas ISD, but he uh, is in the area and he'll tell you, he'll tell his story, but uh, this was a fun chat. I, I didn't really know Tim at all. Um, and like, he's one of the few people that I've interviewed that I just knew absolutely nothing about. And that might come across in the interview cause I don't have a research team, although I could look some basic information up, but I just don't. It's more fun that way. It's more as you'll hear him. Uh, well, he didn't, I cut this out of the intro, but he does talk about, he told me that, you know, theater teachers are probably fine talking about themselves. And that's not always the case, but uh, once you get a theater teacher rolling, it's like a, it's like a little snowball just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and they talk more and more and more. So, anyway, uh, this contest in Dallas ISD was, I'm not gonna lie, the leading up to the contest sucked. Uh, Dallas ISD needs to get their paperwork stuff in check. Um, and it was frustrating for me and uh, some of my adjudicators, and uh, it was just a pain. It took months to get my, I had to get a badge, even though nobody, not one administrator, or, uh, you know, I went straight to the theater, and not nobody saw the badge. Nobody, I, I wore it, but nobody needed to see it. Um, but apparently, if you're on a campus just once, um, and you're getting paid to be there, you have to have like an actual, like it had my face on it. it wasn't one of those Raptor things. It was a plastic, uh, not biodegradable piece of trash, uh, that I had to pay for too, to get. So, um, that said, 
if you can get past that hurdle, Dallas ISD ain't too bad, ain't too shabby. I was frustrated. I was annoyed with that process. Uh, but as I told Brandon T. Harina, or as I know him as T, um, as I told him yesterday, man, that was it was so much fun. The contest was, I had such a good time. We started the day uh, with a 7 a.m. rehearsal, rehearsed on the hour, almost almost exactly on the hour and I kept it uh, a pretty tight ship going we we were late by just a couple minutes um and then we went to go start our director's meeting and I noticed hey girl and I said to Brandon I said hey girl hey uh why do we only have two adjudicators and um because we were in a bunker of a school as most of you probably have as well uh, intentionally so that students, you know, it's kind of, I think it's intentional. The whole like schools are bunkers so that you can't communicate with the outside world and they can't communicate with you. Uh, maybe to put a pish posh on the, on the students or a kibosh, if you will. But anyway, so the third adjudicator had tire problems. Um, and, uh, what's funny is I presented that to the director's I said, she's having a tire problem. And one of the directors thought I was talking about her having issues with her outfit. And that's why she wasn't there. But no, um, it was a un one tire problem. And so we got that resolved, but it made us start 45 minutes late, uh, which I was not happy about because I could have been 45 minutes more uh, of sleepy time. But um, uh, the contest ran really well. Uh, for, for being 45 minutes late, we didn't make up a lot of time, but nothing ran behind from that point on. And so the kids were awesome. There's an all girls school that presented, uh, night witches, which was just phenomenal. I like just thought that they did such a great job as tech and acting and all that good stuff. Uh, and it was a fun play actually, but, um, they, they did really well. They were alternate, but the schools that I thought were going to advance in my head, if I were an adjudicator, which I'm not, and I never will be, uh, they advanced. Um, it was uh, it wasn't necessarily clear, but you know there was a, a clear difference between uh, shows that were speaking at you and they were sh- and speaking to you. Um, I think that there's a difference. You know, it's kind of like teaching. You know, you being you don't want to be taught at. You want to be taught to. And so, uh, it was, it was clear. I I will say, um, there was a production of all my sons and I'm not a huge Arthur Miller fan. I like death of a salesman. It's okay. It's more about me liking Dustin Hoffman than, uh, liking death of a salesman. But this particular, uh, production of all my sons, I, I was watching and paying attention the entire time. And I'll tell you why it sounded different than all the other shows. Um, I think some of us as directors do our students a disservice and mind you, maybe we're telling them to not do this, but there's a difference between projection and yelling, right? So this particular, all my sons was there, there, there was yelling in it. I mean, there's anger in it, but as far as the, the, the regular, you know, I would say 35 minutes of it, it was projecting. Um, and it sounded different. There was movement to the vocals. You could have, you could have closed your eyes and you would have understood the story and known who each character was specifically, uh, their traits and things like that. And I just thought it was beautiful. 
absolutely gorgeous. And uh, that wasn't the say that, that's not the case for every show that I see at one act play, uh, because you know uh, most adjudicators say we want to you to see we want to see a story, we want to see a relationship, and we want to be able to hear uh, diction, right? And then we tell our students, hey, make sure you're heard. And then they go out on stage and just yell. And that happens a lot. So, um, you know, if you take anything away from this, tell your students to like, I don't know, show some variation and project. Don't yell. It's different. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's it. I think that's that's all I got for you. Happy spring break to a lot of you. I hope you have a good time. Um, I'm going to go see Cowboy Bob this week at the Alley Theater. Got horrible reviews, but one of my, actually my best friend in the whole wide world is in it. She's, she is probably my bestest good friend of all the good friends. Maybe, maybe one of a few, but anyway, Julia's in it and uh, I'm excited to see it because I'm always excited to watch her perform. She's just a beautiful performer and uh, yeah, so that's, that's about the extent of my plans and now I'm going to go off and uh, go to an eight-year-old's birthday party uh, from uh, at nine o'clock in the morning. Who does that? My sister. That's who does that. Enjoy this week with Tim Doyle. Uh, do me a flavor, Flav. Uh, if you got through this long intro, go uh, and click in the um, the little description and purchase a Minor Wisdom shirt. Help me out. You know, this ain't free. Free. Sam Malone style. Free. Uh, 90s kids from Houston understand that reference. Have a great week, everybody. Have a wonderful spring break. Holla back, girl. I was really lucky. I, I grew up in a family uh, um, of artistic people. None of them were really, I guess, art. I'm the oldest of three siblings. And so um, my parents were, my mom was young when, uh, when, when I was born. And my father, you know, was a um, kind of jack of all trades, master of none. He had a real engineering mind and, and a science, you know, he had a sciencey kind of job, but he loved tinkering around on the piano we had in the house. He, he liked trying new things. He wrote poetry, um, has a clarinet that he would, you know, dust off and play occasionally poorly. Um, but he, uh, he liked to write, he liked to be creative. And so that, I think that kind of, um, helped fuel whatever, you know, creativity would happen around in the house. They always supported, um, as I got older through, through school, um, they always supported my, I guess, artistic endeavors, but, um, you know, in sixth grade, I joined the band. Um, I, I, what I'll go back even further at, at the age of eight, I started playing piano. I was taking piano lessons. And, um, so it was important that we had a piano around the house and that we listened to music all the time. And then in the sixth grade, they thought, okay, let's, let's put them in band. And I was terrible at the clarinet. I played the clarinet because my dad owned one, you know, he was kind of cheap. So, uh, it, you know, it, it did not go well. <laughs> I was always sneaking into the practice rooms and playing piano. I was pretty good at piano, but I, I was not good at clarinet. So in the seventh grade, um, dropped out of band and did some theater and it was okay, you know, and we kind of, you know, the seventh grade theater classes, it's just, you know, kind of a free for all. And then in the eighth grade, I ended up switching schools. I went to a different middle school and um, it was in Garland ISD, just east of Dallas. And um, so really big district, you know, not a lot of attention, but because I was a new student, I think the theater teacher there, whose name was Mr. Taylor, still remember that. Um, I think at the time he was like, Ooh, somebody new, you know, and somebody who can read really well and somebody who kind of has a normal presence on stage. And so we did this play called uh, what's happening Hamlet, 
which was like a really small, short, junior, accessible version of, you know, of Hamlet. So it was all the story, but it was told in like, yo, man, what's the haps, you know, kind of, uh, kind of dialogue. And um, I got to play Hamlet and I thought that was pretty cool. So it forced me to memorize some, some legit Shakespeare. I mean, there was the, hey man, what's happening dialogue, but then it would get sprinkled in with, with Shakespeare's actual text. So the to be or not to be speech was something that I memorized in the eighth grade. And um, that for me was just really cool to be able to have that kind of experience on stage. I think that's probably where I identify getting the, you know, I had done some small children's show things like that in the third grade, like everybody does, you know, you play the, the third pig in the barn yard play or whatever, but, um, but this was something where I felt like I was taking real accountability over my own role and getting direction from somebody who was older and more experienced and working with other kids, my age and, um, and memorizing and, and performing, um, you know, what, what I knew to be, um, some pretty rich literature. So, um, it felt legitimate more than anything else I'd ever done. And I was like, this is pretty cool. And so all through high school, I, participated in theater and UIL one act play and, and um, ended up going to college for it and just kind of took off. That's cool. So where did you go to college? Yeah. Uh, I went to Midwestern state university okay. uh, for my undergrad in Wichita falls. It was, um, it was uh, far enough away to be away right. from home, but cl- close enough to kind of do my laundry every right. other weekend or whatever, <laughs> you know, I know. <laughs> So, um, but it was a really small university. It was very affordable for my fam- for my parents, and um, um, it was a great experience. I, I really enjoyed it, even though it was, it, you know, it was small. So I got a lot of attention. I got a lot of parts, roles, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it. But it was also, I felt, uh, it was one of those programs because it was so small. Everybody kind of had to do everything. Yeah. Um, so I got a lot of exposure on the technical side and that's kind of where my love for technical theater started. I really didn't have any desire or understanding of, of how difficult and, and how crucial tech theater was to the process until college. But yeah. How'd you get into the world of education? Uh, all my other options were done. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, what I, did you, I mean, what did you, what were you doing out of college? Were you, I mean, a, a working professional, that kind of thing. And then you went into education. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a good question. Thanks. Yeah. So I, I was in, um, I was at Midwestern four years from 2000 to 2004. So just knocked it out the way kind of you're supposed to do it. Um, um, no pre-existing high school credits or anything, just like, full load semesters every semester and it was full of acting classes and history and and tech classes as I mentioned and then opportunities to be in in shows um and when I um there was really no education aspect to my degree um it was a bachelor of fine arts in theater I had no minor so my focus was theater my intention was to either go to grad school to get an MFA or to go pursue acting professionally after college. Um, boy, the end of college comes really quick. <laughs> so all of a sudden, you know, I'm 21 and a half. And I'm going, wait a second. Uh, I, what am I doing after this? And fortunately, I had some good friends who were older than me who had gone to grad school or who had gotten jobs outside of college. And so I was in contact with them in my senior year. And they were really um, uh, helpful and, and, and mentor. In fact, a, this, a good friend of mine, 
Brandon Smith, who is now Dr. Brandon Smith, and he's the dean of some arts uh, school in the at the University of North Carolina. But um, he was two years older than me, and he ended up going to UNC for his MFA and was calling me and telling me, hey, man, you got to apply. You got to come up here. It's going to be fun. We'll do it like we did in Texas. And, and I was like, yeah, I, I don't even have the money to like apply for this program. Like I'm so broke. I don't know what I'm doing. And he sent me a check for $60, which is what the application fee was at the time so that I could apply to UNC. And um, so I had a lot, I had a really great support system. Uh, I did end up applying to five or six different master's programs. I didn't get into any of them. Um, and so when I graduated, uh, you know, I, I came home, I, I didn't know quite what else to do. And uh, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, um, uh, Jenny, she was uh, thinking about moving to Austin uh, with her sister because she wanted to uh, finish her degree at Texas State in San Marcos. And I said, well, hell, I'll just I'll just come down with you, you know, and um, we had lived together in Wichita Falls. We've been dating for a while. And I was like, let me just come down there with you and see what's what. And so got some acting jobs in Austin and was doing this and that. And after about five, you know, we ended up getting married down there. We had a really cool like time down in Austin for about six years. Um, but now I'm in my late twenties and um, we were getting kind of edged out of the housing market. We were looking to buy a house and couldn't afford anything down there. Cause it was start. That was the time it was starting to kind of really increase in value. And so we wanted to come move back up home and um, I think moving up back here was what spurned my, I was like, okay, I got to make some money. Like I got to use my degree and, and actually make some money. And so um, I ended up substituting in Garland ISD where I'd gone to school and met my old piano teacher who was teaching at, at the school I was subbing at um, kind of coincidentally met her. And she said, Oh my gosh, you know, it's so good to see you. How are you doing? Um, so you finished college? I said, yeah. She said, did you major in music? Cause she was my piano teacher. I said, no, actually I majored in theater. And she looked for a little bit funny. And then she said, are you looking for a job? <laughs> and it turned out that the school had a tech theater position that was opening next year. The The current teacher wasn't coming back. And I said, yeah, I'd love a job. And I had been working on my teacher certification, my alt cert, and um, met the performance theater teacher there. And we hit it off. And um, the next year I, I got hired. So it was kind of, I kind of, you know, backed my way into it, um, kicking and screaming a little bit. But uh, if it weren't for the relationships I developed earlier in my life, you know, through through piano or and just through the Garland ISC community, I, I would not have had that support. So yeah. that was a long-winded way to tell you how education happened. But no, that's that's um, the, the it's a it's an audio podcast, so you have to talk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was. I think it's different for me. It's funny, like. You know, I remember that first year of teaching too, and it was I. Of course, nobody knows what they're doing their first year of teaching. Right. I don't care if you have an education degree or whatever. You're, it's different, right? When you're in the when you're in the world of it. And um, I had two really good friends of mine who's. It was also their first year of teaching who started the same year I I did. One was a percussion teacher in the band, and one was a dance teacher. And so we were kind of buds. And the dance teacher was my age. The percussion teacher was 22 straight out of college. And so we used to tease him all the time because we were like, oh, you're such a baby. You don't know anything. But really, we we all knew the same yeah. amount. <laughs> we were yeah. just so much older. Um, and so it, it's funny now that I'm, you know, I, having been a teacher for many years after that, it was just funny 
how much I had felt like I had to catch up, you right. know, with my trajectory because I was just so far behind. Once I realized, okay, this is what I'm going to be doing for my life. Right. What What year did you start in Garland? Uh, 2010 was okay. my f- first year. So we yeah, just 20, missed. Yeah, we 2010, did, 2011. My first year teaching was seven to eight, and it was at Rowlett with Brandon. So. Um, oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I think I remembered that. I think uh, so. Yeah. I graduated from Rowlett in 2000. Okay. Um, I was the first class to. I was in the first class that got to go all the way through. The school opened in '96. Yeah, and it was my freshman year, so um, that was kind of cool. Um, but coming back to teach in Garland ten years after graduating, yeah. you know, from that district was, um, felt a little bit like failing at the time. I was like, oh, here I am back in you yeah. know it's that great Steely Dan song, my old school. Like I'm never going back to my old school, and here I was in in the in the same district at least, you know, down the street and kind of hanging my head, but. The longer I was there, the more I realized this is great. It's like yeah. family. It's like being back home. And uh, Brandon wasn't teaching at Rowlett when I was at school there. Right. I mean, we're like right. the same age, but but he was um, he was a great uh, he is a great friend and a great um, uh, cohort. Yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah it, it's a good. It was a good place to start teaching for me. So was Dr. Hammerly your uh, your principal? Yeah, that's right. She she was Dr. Carter yeah, when I was right. there, and uh, and yeah. Um, she she was great and i've i've kept in touch with her over the years yeah. and then um i didn't i've never really got to know steve her husband but right. um i ended up working at saxy many years later for a right. couple of years and so i'd heard the um i'd heard the uh the legend of steve Hamley right. and, yeah. and I, I i knew him through marlene too so yeah she she spoiled me into thinking that every administration was like hers uh, and and that she's was incredible. yeah she was very, very good at her job, and her team was very good, and uh, very much enjoyed my time at Rowlett. But had to, I just moved back because wanted to be uh, closer to to home in Houston. So I stole my wife out of Mesquite and took her, brought her down here. So <laughs> that's uh, right. Yeah. yeah, and and Doug Doug Miller too at Rowlett yeah. was a really good uh, who was assistant principal there for yeah. many years. He was a great um, advisor and mentor right. and support person for me getting my start teaching he was he was terrific he had he had uh 90s sitcom dad vibes uh when oh my gosh (laughs) it's that's you nailed it that's exactly right (laughs) so yeah and he just the nicest man like nothing nothing ruffled his feathers i mean he just he was he was some he was an exemplar human being yeah he was he he is i don't know what i'm saying like he's past that yeah he was he TV Bob Saget, not necessarily outside of TV Bob Saget. So, not, yeah, yeah. Not, not a Comedy Central roast Bob Saget. Right, 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 <laughs> right. <laughs> Different guy. Although that would have still been kind of entertaining for teachers, but not, you know. I mean, the, yeah. yeah. I wasn't in those meetings. I wasn't in those conferences, <laughs> right, unfortunately. Right, right. Well, that's uh, – so do you fancy yourself – I mean, are, well, I guess I say you fancy yourself, but if you were at Saxy with Libby, uh, that means uh, – she was probably not doing a lot of tech. Uh, no offense to her, but it's not necessarily her strong suit. So, uh, do you fancy yourself more of a like your father, the jack of all trades, master of none, or do you lean more, uh, you know, one side or the other as far as acting, tech, whatever? Yeah, I, you know, I've I've grown to like the term hybrid. Um, I think that's what we what we call it for our students so that they have a kind of a better grasp over the idea of 
not just appreciating the acting side and the technical side, but really having a um, a solid set of skills in in both. Um, having had experience on stage, having had experience backstage, I I think it's just so crucial um, that both of those are are paid attention and with the with the understanding that you're not going to be like if you don't like one side of that it, it's okay you know what i mean as long as you've given the shot and, and developed a little bit of an appreciation of it i think that just makes you a better actor if you're going that way or a better technician if you're going the other way yeah um for for myself yeah i i consider myself so i tell you know my students i consider myself a hybrid um but in reality, yeah, I, I think a jack of all trades is even better because you, you know, on the acting side, you can break it down to so many different sorts of categories, and on the technical side, certainly, you can break it down into a lot of different disciplines and categories as well. And you know, you mentioned Libby not doing a whole lot of tech. I'll tell you, you know, Libby and Joe Murdoch and myself were all there at the same time, and if if costumes were needed, Joe and I weren't by oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. sewing machine. So, so when you say not doing a lot of tech, she did her share. I mean, she did the stuff that uh, uh, that we couldn't. And, I'm giving her a hard and, time. And I know, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not getting on you about that. I'm, I'm just that's the that's the. It's funny though because that's the perception I think that not just students but teachers have when they enter the field. They're like, well, I'm not a good technician. And sometimes I want to go bullshit. Well, can we cuss on this? I'm sorry. You you can. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, you're you're fine. Just let it, yeah, I'll try to. Uh, no, you're good. <laughs> you're good. But I, I sometimes sorry. Sometimes I get I, I have to get my administrator voice yeah, on and yeah. think properly. But uh, no, but to that I'm like that's bullshit. Like you're you know if you're a if you're a um don't pigeonhole yourself. Cost, yeah, if you're a costumer, yeah, then then by God, yeah, you're a technician. Um, you don't have to be swinging a hammer. And so um. I don't know why I was saying all that, but yeah, so I, I, I like to do both. And that, again, that stemmed from when I was in college, I actually, I had a, it was a good opportunity to, uh, after my freshman year, I moved out of the dorms and into an apartment. So I really started to need to make some money to afford the rent. And so I need to find a job, and, but there was really not jobs. The job market in Wichita Falls isn't like the most booming you know place. It's, it's a little bit, it's kind of a small town. And my theater schedule, my rehearsal schedule, wasn't really going to allow me to be very flexible with my hours with class in the morning and rehearsal at night. And as I mentioned, I was in a lot of the plays, not necessarily because I was any good, but because <laughs> there was just nobody in this program. Um, so uh, I ended up working as a student assistant in the scene shop. And uh, from I did that starting my sophomore year and did it till the day I graduated. And it was part-time. It was 20 hours a week. It was minimum wage. I mean, it was really... Uh, small stuff, but it was a, kind of a secondary education to the classes I was taking in the morning. So I'd be in class from nine at noon. I'd work from one to five and I'd have rehearsal from, you know, six to 11 or whatever. So I was living in that theater building. Um, and it was, it was such a great education and it turned me on to scenic construction and design to painting, to lighting and sound. And it was only after, um, my first year of teaching that I had to kind of remind myself all the stuff that I learned about that in college and, and lighting obviously had it like advanced um, a bit since then. Uh, so a lot of what I, I ended up using my degree and using my job that I had in college to, uh, to help supplement my technical knowledge as a teacher. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, there, we just, you know, we had T tech 
in January, and one of the things we added this year was that we want the teachers to learn what the students are doing for Tech Theater Relay, right? And so as mm-hmm. we're as we're signing teachers up, and I'm sitting in the uh, boardroom just waiting f- to put out fires pretty much and, and helping people out, but as people are showing up to register and check in, I'm hearing teachers say, ah, I don't want to sign up for Tech Relay. I'm not really a tech tech teacher. And we finally stepped in, uh, uh, a couple of us on some of, some of the people we knew better. It wasn't necessarily strangers cause we didn't want to, uh, make them feel a certain way. But some of the people that said that we said, Hey, that's the point. The point is for you to go and you don't, you're not going to become a tech teacher just because we have you try to hang a light within 90 seconds. That's not what this is about. It's about, you know, you being able to take away the skills that, we're asking your students to do uh, in a in a very inauthentic situation. Nobody, we're we're never going to tell a student go up to this catwalk and hang a light as fast as you can. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, we're never going to do that. Right. You know, uh, yeah. so it's it's a comp- it's that competitive thing. And so uh, we've we, you know we we were able to convince some teachers to be like, okay, all right, all right, fine. But uh, but it goes along with that whole pigeonholing yourself it's a long explanation to say you know yes i was kind of busting libby's balls a little bit because I, I love libby and i know she'll probably listen to this <laughs> and appreciate best. it yeah, yeah um yeah. but uh there are those teachers that think you know i uh i'm not x y and z you know i i don't do that kind of stuff it's like well uh, you know yeah anyway well that, let's do, let's do, there's something called professional development and yeah. we can we can you know we can learn and it's just so funny to me i love thank you for saying that that uh to those teachers and thank you for saying that now because i yeah i uh, isn't it funny how teachers can sometimes make not great students and um i i would just you know encourage those teachers that are listening who might have heard themselves say that once or twice you know, what, what would you tell your student if they said, oh, I'm not going to be any good at that, or I'm not going to know how to do that. I mean, that's the point of school is to learn those yep. things and to, to be exposed to those kinds of things. So yeah, I, I, I encourage teachers just as much as I encourage students to become quote unquote hybrids yep. and lovers of uh, every, every aspect of theater if they can. So the tech tip of the week, just the tip of the week for tech tip of the week is uh we're currently doing the show the count of monte cristo thank you hrs brown for coming in and doing fight choreo uh but we're doing the count of monte cristo and the entire set is stud walls we're building a ton of stud walls or we built a ton of stud walls probably 15 full stud walls eight eight feet by eight feet maybe a little less but pretty close so if you're ever thinking about doing a two-story set don't leg up platforms build stud walls. It's a little more expensive, but for storage sake and for future use, they're going to be used for tons of stuff. Uh, if you want more lessons on stud walls, just ask this stud wall. Yeah. Yeah. When, uh, when were you kind of, cause I'll, I'll speak for myself first. So I don't, I don't, uh, make it sound like you're the, the one being attacked, but like, you know, I, I had no plans of being an educator and you and I are the same age. I graduated high school in 2000. Um, and, and I took 
my sweet time getting out of college, but, uh, you know, I took a few years more than others, but, um, I had no plans of being a teacher and wanted to own my own theater and do all this kind of stuff. And those are still things I could do. It's not, we're not old people by any means. Right. But, uh, I finally became okay with teaching, right. I finally like, um, could I live my life if tomorrow teaching was taken away from me? Could I continue to be happy and successful? Absolutely. But would I miss it? Yes. You know, but I'm not one of these people that bleeds education and I have to do this and I have to do that in the world of education. Right. Uh, saying the guy that is about to complete a second masters. Um, uh, but, (laughs) but it's one of those, yeah, it's one of those things though, that, that, uh, uh, eventually I became okay with teaching and I was, you know, and I, because I felt like, okay, I'm not actually that bad at this stuff and, and the relationship element and getting to know these kids and, and making a difference in their lives. Uh, when did, do you, do you have kind of a, that moment when, when that happened to you, when you realized, you know what, this, this ain't too bad after all. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a good question and a really good way to put it. I, um, Congratulations, by the way, on your oh, master's. Thanks. Yeah, we'll see if it um, ends. <laughs> yeah, it's, no, I'm, I'm sure that's tough. Um, yeah, I, I think the way you put it is we are. I, I'm getting the sense that we're really like-minded because I felt the same way, and as someone who took a little bit of time before getting this kind of job or entering this career, uh, sure. I, I, yeah, I don't know that there's a moment that I have ever said. I'm a, I'm a teacher till the day I die. This is what I was meant to do. I'm hundred percent doing it. But like you said, I've, I've always been okay with it. And, you know, forget, well, I, I haven't been teaching this year, you know, I'm, I'm in an administrative role now. And so having had this year away and like outside of the classroom um, has been a test of that to see if, Oh God, am I going to be one of those that goes into administration and then goes back to teaching because they missed it too much or, or am I going to keep going or, you know, what's going to happen after? I, I still don't know. Um, but to answer your question, I, I think I had those moments a lot. I think there, I think there were a moment, there were a lot of times where I thought, yeah, this is pretty cool. Like I'm really, um, I'm, I'm really making an impact. I'm really making a difference. Or I'm really feeling fulfilled or, um, uh, and just to highlight a couple of those moments, I think going to state for one act play was one of those. Um, not not because of the prestige of state, which is is prestigious and very difficult to do. Um, I, I think it's because of where we were at the time. You know, I was in a school that had never gone to state in its forty year history, um, in, a, in a program that was never looked at as a strong theater program, and. Um, it was my fourth year with that program. So I really felt like I had some, it, it was, there, there was a, a part of our success that really had to do with my presence there. And um, because all of those freshmen I started with are now seniors and now we're going to state. So it was felt like not just that the journey of that spring or of that year, but of that, of that career at that school, it, it really felt like a, a culmination of that. So when we got there, I, I felt like, yeah, this is, I've made a difference here. Like, this is pretty cool. And, and this is something I could do. Um, I think getting my master's in education helped. I think that kind of, and you know, like it helped me take a, a 30,000 foot view over the whole machine. And um, 
that was pretty enlightening. And I thought, okay, this is, this is not just a job anymore. This is becoming a career. And, um, and then I also think, um, starting to work at Saxe, uh, only because of the circumstances that brought me there, um, which I can get into in detail if you want, or if you don't, if you don't know them, but I'll just say quickly that the circumstances were I was at Lovejoy uh, with Jessica Brewster as the tech director there for a couple of years. And being at Lovejoy, I thought I'm going to end, I'm going to end my teaching career here. I'm, it's going to be, I'm just here. This is heaven. Like I've never had a, a better, I had some great teaching experiences, but being there with, with that community and, and that teaching partner and that legacy and that program for me at where I was in my career, I thought this is, it's not, it's never going to get better than this. And um, then they had some reduction in force and the position was eliminated and they loved me and they loved everything I was doing, but I just wasn't going to have a, a teaching job there the next year in the high school. And so I had to pick up the phone and start calling, calling friends and looking around and, and, you know, Joe, I'm talk, talking to Joe, and I've been friends with Libby. I've been friends with Libby for nearly 20 years. I mean, she's a, a very dear friend of mine, and um, we had not even. It just so it was happy accident that we started working together. Joe Murdoch uh, called me and said, "You need to come and apply." And and he he told me later that he wanted me to come there to specifically help them with musical theater, which is something I have in my background, and with UIL one act play success is something that they had had struggled with a little bit, and. To, to have that feeling of like being called to somewhere to serve a very specific need that we have in our program. Um, I thought was so cool. You know, I, I was like, wow, that's, that's a really thoughtful, like, I'm not just like, Hey, you're my buddy. Come on and we'll hire you. You, you, you poor schlub. Let's get you off the street and come in here. It was a very intentional hire. It was like, we have these gaps. Tim meets these needs. Let's bring him in and we can be a complete package. And I don't know. There, there was something in that that I just thought, this is cool. Like, this is a really cool field that I've found that I'm, that I'm in. And by that point, I, I'd been teaching for eight or nine years, so I felt pretty comfortable. And I, I'd moved around, so I felt like I could come into a new program and just make it a, an immediate impact. And, and I, and I think I did. I, you know, I think we, we did make some, some strides. And there, I know there's some practices that are still going on that I brought. So uh, over there, so it's. Um, yeah, it's been a fun ride <laughs> so far, yeah. for sure. Is your uh, master's in administration? Yeah, yeah, okay. it's a master's in, let's see if I can remember the title of it, education, educational leadership, okay. I think is the, okay. is the, is the Where, title. Where'd so, you yeah. get that? SMU. Oh, okay. Yeah, from Southern Methodist. It was, and that was fortunate for me too. My wife um, had finished her undergrad and is an academic advisor. So she was in education as well in higher ed. And she um, was working at UTD and ended up going to SMU to work as an academic advisor there. And as an employee of SMU, your tuition's free. It's oh. taken care of. So she started to pursue her master's there. And um, after about her first year of doing that, we discovered, or I mean, I guess we discovered this earlier, but um spouses of employees get a third tuition. Oh. So um, it made SMU just as affordable as everywhere else. Right. Uh, when you knock it down by, you know, two thirds. Right. Um, 
and so I, I did an accelerated program. It's called the accelerated school leadership program. Right. And I was the seventh year to do it. It's an 11 month pro or 13 month program. It's extremely accelerated. Um, it's really intense. Um, but it was, you know, a really hefty credit card payment and a year of my time. And then it was over. Right. Uh, so I figured that empowered me to, to tell myself if I can do anything in thir- I can do anything in 13 months. If I can do that. Yeah. Uh, and that that became kind of the mantra afterwards. Cool. Yeah, I'm in I'm in a truncated program as well. So, uh, oh yeah, same, and you know, same, I mean, yeah. it's it's intense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does, is yours in is yours in education? So my first my first one was that was through Angelo State, and that was a normal time frame, uh, a two year yeah time frame. Uh, and this one is Master of Arts from uh, Commerce from A and M Commerce. So oh great, okay. The, the Commerce thing. Um, I have my opinions on it uh, that I won't share here, but uh, uh, what made it sort of uh, an intriguing to me was the summers are in person and the fall and the spring are online. So it's kind of a hybrid-ish uh, program, I see. Not, a, yeah. not a hybrid in the way that we thought, you know, you go for on a Monday and you're online the rest of the time. It's some classes are online, some classes are in person. So um uh, mm. it's, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be there this summer working the camp, the lion theater camp, which is something I'm really looking forward to because I'll be, oh, I'll yeah. be in the scene shop, just like you were talking about and you kind of did, you know, scenery work, uh, but I'll be, yeah. ru- I'll be that's running. A yeah. I'll great be, camp. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a tremendous so, experience. Yeah. You send people my way, I'll make them build stuff. Um, I but, will, will do. <laughs> so uh, and I'm no stranger to AM Commerce. I, I, I uh, you know, I, I'll say officially, I love that school. My wife is actually now pursuing her doctorate from AM okay. Commerce. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's, it's a good, it's a good school for, yeah, yeah. for some reason. No, I, I genuinely love the school. I have, I have my concerns with a professor uh, that is not actually on the campus. It's not Rebecca. It's not Dr. Dr. K. It's not anybody that I can tangibly touch. It's one of the online people and uh, just, not the best experience, but, uh, it's just yeah. one professor and, uh, it is not, uh, leaving, it's not leaving a sour taste in my mouth for the entire program. I would never tell anybody not to go to that program. I think it's great, but yeah. just that one Good. class is right now. It's very fresh, you know? Uh, right. so that's... Well, thanks for holding the post-it note up to the screen with the professor's <laughs> name so that I know I appreciate that. I'm just kidding for the listener. That's just a joke. It's just a joke. He's that's not good. doing Yeah. It. I don't use post-it notes. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, so, uh, you know, some dynamic that I get and you probably get this too is, uh, there are two dynamics actually. One is I'm a white male with facial hair and, uh, you, uh, fortunately are still holding on to the hair on your head. I'm, I'm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, um, I've got the skin yarmulke as we call it, uh, in, in Jew world. Uh, but, um, and so my students think I'm a coach, right? The, or the students that don't know you especially think that guy must oh, be yeah. a coach, right? He, there's no way he does yeah. the arts. Uh, so there's yeah. that there's that sort of stereotype. And then the other one is uh, the students you do have that are in your classroom, are they ever surprised at the fact that you can do the other thing? Meaning if you are handling a drill and uh, building scenery or whatever, and then all of a sudden you bust out with, a monologue or being able to, you know, sing uh, 16 bars or, you know, do something. And they're like, wait, 
Mr. Doyle or Mr. D, I don't know who they call, <laughs> how they call, you know, like, sure. I didn't realize you could do the other thing. I thought you were only this type of thing. And I guess it goes thematically, it goes with what we were talking about a couple minutes ago with, you know, pigeonholing. But uh, do you ever have students that are just like, wait a second, you're able to, to do that too? Because uh, I, I get that every once in a while. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point. I, you know, you were asking, do they call me Mr. Doyle or Mr. D? Sometimes it's Coach Doyle, accidentally, <laughs> like you were just to your point. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, yeah. They go, hey, Coach. I, I mean, uh, yeah. Doyle. Yeah, I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think they are sometimes surprised, and I think they're surprised by my design. I, I don't like to put all my cards out on the table all at once. Um, and I, you know, the jack of all trades thing being a theme, I, I think you're going to find it in any conversation with me. I, I'm somebody who's, uh, I know it's such a hot button catchphrase, especially in like master's programs and higher ed programs and stuff. But being a lifelong learner, you know, is is something that I I truly identify as, and I, I don't say it to to sound fancy on a resume. I mean, I'm I just love to try new things. I think it's part of the reason I moved around so much in my career um, was, you know, I left Lakeview to go to McKinney to become the, the quote unquote head director. And I have whole lots of opinions about that term, but, um, but to teach a different kind of class than tech theater, you know, I, I left McKinney to go to Lovejoy to, um, to work with, to work with the likes of Jessica Brewster and to have that kind of opportunity and that, in that kind of, uh, demographic of student I left love joy for the reasons I said but when I left Saxe to go to Rock Hill and Prosper ISD it was to open a new program that was something that I'd been teaching for 10 years and never had the opportunity to do I thought I I was a freshman at a brand new high school that what a cool opportunity to go get to teach freshmen in a brand new high school and to teach at a brand new high school to face all the um, privileges and challenges that that come with that so uh, you know, I, I, I'm not winking or, or being cute when I say I'm a lifelong learner. I, I, I think I, I truly uh, like to do that. So when I, all that to say that when some kind of new skill or, or different skill is exposed to my kids, to my students, you know, and they're surprised, oh my gosh, Mr. Doyle, I didn't know you played piano or, oh, I didn't know you sang, a, you could sing, or I didn't know you could, you know, uh, whatever, like, hang upside down an extension ladder while <laughs> wiring DMX. Um, those are things I like to just parse out in little bits for them and kind of model what it means to be a lifelong learner, model what it means to be a hybrid theater student and be interested in every everything you can. Because um, I'm not, as you aren't in the classroom, I'm not looking to just interact with students who already love theater and going to love theater no matter what. I want to get those kids that are like on the fence about it, or maybe you want to put their toe in a little bit and show them just how expansive, you know, theater can be. And, um, and also for those who know that, look, I'm not into theater. I'm just doing this for a fine arts credit. I love those kids because not because it's an opportunity for me to try to get them and sell them it, you know, theater sells itself. I think once you're in it, you don't have to, you don't have to sell students who aren't interested in it. You don't have to bust out all the crazy skills that you know how to do and all the fun things. Look, you could learn this and you could learn this and um, it sells itself. But getting them to understand that whatever they do in life after this experience, something they take away from this is going to apply. 
And I, I think that's what makes it so special and why we keep coming back to it over and over and over and over again. Like, uh, like I'm getting the audition. I'm getting the uh, itch to audition for some things. <laughs> like lately I've been, and like, Oh my God, I haven't been on a stage forever, but boy, that would be fun to try that again. Yeah. You know? So it's like, it always just pulls us back in. Um, because you do develop all these different kinds of skill sets. And when you don't use them, you, you miss them. You right. want to try to sharpen them up. But I hope that answered that question. Yeah, that, I, no, that I, is. That, um, yeah. What, uh, so now that you're in the administrative world, uh, I don't want to focus on the negative. Uh, it's not really my style. Uh, but is there something, because I have talked about the negative for when I was interning as an AP uh, during my time as at Angelo state, um, is there something positive that you weren't expecting that surprised you, uh, now that you are that, you know, they didn't, you know, they, they tell you when you go into the, into teaching your first year, first couple of years, there's so many things that pop up that they, that Harry Wong does not teach you in alternative yeah. certification class, right? <laughs> oh man, um, I've got that thing right yeah. over here. <laughs> so, so, uh, so what is it? Same thing, same same kind of idea. What is it about administration that kind of popped up that you were like, oh, you know, the kind of pleasantly surprised rather than, and it doesn't have to necessarily be a positive thing, but I don't want you to focus on. Well, I've got this little kid named named Joe that just you know grinds right. my gears. You know, that, I don't want that. Right, right. I, I guess I should clarify. So I'm, um, it, it's, I've been really fortunate. Um, you know, I think there, I'll answer your question real quick, just to say that there are some, there definitely are some positives yeah. I have learned being in administration. Uh, there are some negatives that I didn't, that I expected and that I did not expect. And there are some positives I expected and did not expect. Right. Um, I was really fortunate through 12 years of teaching to have really strong administrators. Um, and even people that I thought were like Ugh, rolling my eyes at my principal or at my AP or I'm leaving this school because of that person. In hindsight, I look back and I go, okay, they had, they had a, a strategy. Like they had a reason for the things that they were doing. And I can kind of see that now. Um, and uh, yeah, I think as a teacher, the, the one thing that people tell you all the time is that your first year is your hardest. And after that, it gets better. And I, I think that's true for the most part, but I think that after that, it doesn't necessarily get better. It gets different. <laughs> you get better, but the things around you that maybe you can or can't control, you know, can any any day of teaching theater can be different than the next. Um, that has been what is pleasantly surprising about this role in administration is that it's not unlike teaching. Um, I had a lot of imposter syndrome coming into this role. And, um, but I'm finding that it's just like, it's a classroom. It's just a little bit of a bigger classroom, um, with a different dynamic. And so I'm not a, and I'm not a building administrator. I'm not a campus administrator. I'm a fine arts coordinator. So, um, I have, I don't really get to, I don't really interact with students a whole lot. I mean, I do when I get to go to their events and concerts and, and, and plays and things like that. But, um, but my students are now my teachers, um, and that's not to say that I have a lot that I can teach them, you know, in the same way that I might have a super talented musical theater senior who I'm not going to be able to teach them how to sing any better because they're like worlds better than I am. But maybe I can guide them, you know, and coach them and um, and help put opportunities in front of them to to grow them. And I feel like 
having done that as a teacher, I can use that skill set for adults who are who are in this. I mean, I'm not going to tell a band director how to direct band, um, but I can put opportunities in front of them to make them successful. I can advocate for them. I can help coach them in the classroom, you know, what, whatever they need. Um, so that has been something that I feel like I has helped me get a little bit of confidence in this role um, and some training that I didn't know I was getting when I was a teacher that I'm able to bring to it. Um, the other really positive thing that I, I did expect was uh, getting to interact with these different content areas. You know, as I mentioned before, like my, my upbringing made me uh, a musician and a fan of music and a fan of visual, you know, my, my scenic painting training made me a fan of visual art. Uh, I won a contest in the eighth grade in my art class, you know, like I've always been, I'm not bragging. You can put that on my braggy montage at the beginning of this. Still on your resume, that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've emailed that to you, by the way, if you have any. No, sure. Um, sure. <laughs> so uh, I, I just, I'm a lover of, of really of all the fine arts. And so I think my, my life and my career as a teacher really has been training me to have the role that I have now. So um, I feel unique, uniquely equipped kind of to, to maybe get past some of the headaches that other first year fine arts administration staff have. Um, you know, there's other things like budgets and teacher allocations and uh, building issues and transportation and policies and things that, you know, I'm not huge, <laughs> not a huge fan of, and I, I have a steep learning curve on, but that'll come with time. Right. I mean, just like you did with teaching, I didn't, I wasn't a master teacher in my first year. So I'm certainly in no rush to, to become an expert at all these things. I'm just enjoying the journey. You just held up a sticky note that said, I actually am an expert at everything. That's weird. Uh, anyway, <laughs> gotcha. I like you don't have any sticky notes around here. So. <laughs> Got you back. So, uh, so I want to get you out of here on this. Um, uh, you and I are seem to be, like you said, as, uh, a few minutes ago, of similar kind of uh, like mindedness as as far as our our path, if you will. Um, if you weren't doing what you do now, uh, what is it that you think you'd be doing or would like to be doing? And I and I don't want this to be like your superintendent hears this and is like, Oh, so it, apparently you want to be own your own bakery, huh? So why don't you go do it? So anyway, I don't, you know, I don't want you to do that. Yeah, no, I, uh, that's, that's kind of you. I, to preface that, I, I'm not too worried to, about saying yeah. anything. First of all, my <laughs> superintendent is awesome. Yeah. Uh, my school district is awesome. I'm really, I'm really fortunate. And, and, and quick and very team. quickly growing. Uh, but anyway, uh, oh yeah. 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 That's a, just to touch back on that other, that last question too. Yeah. Another great thing about my role and, and something that I'm, I've been pleasantly surprised with is the, just the, um, willingness, you know, of the people that are in this district to say, especially the people who've been around for a while to say, yeah, we were small, we're no longer small yeah. and we're going to get even bigger. So, um, kind of i wouldn't say the ground floor but being on like the third floor of <laughs> all of that of yeah. all of that growth there's there's still much more to do um it, it's a really exciting prospect and it's a cool place to be so that being said um 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's a it's a great question because I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do after college, and then you know bummed around for six or seven years until getting a teaching gig, and I've been in education ever since. And um, so not to sound like Mr. Holland from Mr. Holland's opus here, but it's like, you know, I, I, I think I'm going to get at the end of my career and I'm going to go, I don't know what else to do. Like I, this is all I want to do now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I guess something, um, you know, I, I, for a brief time, I, I played piano in a piano bar Yeah. and, um, I think I'd like to do that. I think I'd like to go to some like a restaurant or a Nordstrom's, you know, where they have the piano or something and just sit in the corner yeah, and just play what I want to play, take a request every now and then nothing, nothing like a, with a big showy um, element to it, you know, not like getting the bachelorette party on stage or anything like that, but just something that's where I can just kind of serve as the background music and, and, and create a mood and create an atmosphere and just I think that would be fun. I think I would like to do that. My wife is, is the baker, you know, uh, <laughs> I think if she could open a bakery, she would. And we've often joked about starting our own business, like where she's just baking. And I'm like, what am I doing? She's like, you're playing piano. I'm like, it a baker. Okay, cool. I guess I'll do that. Uh, it's a good concept. <laughs> so I don't know. All right. Well, good. Yeah. It'd yeah, be yeah. a different kind of bakery, I guess, but uh... <laughs> a bar bakery. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Minor wisdom.